The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest, it's Leo Gantz, who is the founder and editor of Wealth Research Group. We're going to get into some pretty good conversations about markets in general. Thanks so much for being on the show, Leo. I appreciate your time. I really appreciate the chance. Thanks, Greg. Excellent. So, look, mate, why didn't you tell us a little bit about your story? Because from what I understand, we've uh, we've got a very, very similar background and beginning. So if you could share that with us, that'd be great. Yeah. In my case, what happened to me was uh, my father went bankrupt. He had a furniture business, went bankrupt when I was 13. So I was literally at that age, uh, I think, Greg, where uh, I had more desires, right? Like yeah. more than an ice cream, I wanted to... Uh, date girls and I wanted to go, you know, uh, here and there, etc. Yep. And suddenly, you know, the, the liquidity hose was drained and um, I, I didn't know what to do, but I, you know, I wanted to get my, my license for, for driving a couple of years later and everything like that. So that's what's going through the mind of a 13 year old. Mm. And um, I went to a clothing store next to my house and for two weeks, I just hung around for two hours a day and studied the brands. In, in the store and went home, back home, studied it further. It was like um, uh, 1997, so we didn't have internet or something. It was harder to uh, study it. But, yep. but anyways, two weeks go by, and every day I tell them, hey, you should hire me. But I'm like uh, uh, 1 meter 49, very short kid at that point. Not easy to employ uh, and trust a guy like that. So after two weeks I, I – uh, of just hanging around there and every day showing him I know more about his brands and everything like that. A woman comes into the store and I, uh, I help him close a big sale. And he says, you're hired. It was four bucks an hour. And uh, that's basically the beginning of the accumulation phase. But it helped me really to have a lot of uh, confidence, Craig, because I then I took like the first week of salary. I printed out these flyers, handed out in the neighborhood for babysitting services. And then since I played basketball, I upsold a lot of a lot of the parents that had boys, not girls, into doing uh, some coaching for basketballs for their uh, kids who were six years old or seven years old, just the fundamentals of dribbling, etc., and uh, painting decks, whatever. Uh, until the age of sixteen, I saved like twenty grand, and I got my my parents to sign a waiver, and then I could, uh, as a minor, uh, start investing in mutual funds, which was what the banker told me: you got to do it. You got you got to have mutual funds. So this was 2000, right after the bust, right yeah. after the dot com. I, I didn't know that, right? This is yeah. in hindsight, like 20 years later. I, I know it was the it was a great entry point, but yep. at that point, I don't know nothing. And then uh, my grandfather gives me two books about investing because I told him I'm going to start investing. So he gives me one book from Peter Lynch, and another one about Warren Buffett. Yep. From Peter Lynch, I learned that his daughter, who's a teenager, helped him find his biggest winners. Because it's, it was brands she knew. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts and yeah. uh, uh, basketball cards, all that kind of stuff. And from Buffett, I learned the power of brands and how important it is to find a moat. So a, a company that even if many new entrants come to the market, it, it can, still shines. Uh, it, yes. It, it just helps even shine more because everyone just fails. Um, and an easy example would be what would happen if like Coca-Cola has like 35 billion cash right now, something, something of that nature. What would happen if I gave, if I gave you $35 billion? Could you build 
a Coca-Cola? And the answer is is probably no, mm. because the the intangible assets, the the brand awareness, the loyalty from customers, the fact that it's in the right area, in the shelves, not below your eyes, not all that is 120 years of or whatever, how many years Self-work. of improvement? Yeah. And so my first stock was a manu- an apparel manufacturer. Um, the biggest one in the world. Nobody knows the parent company, but everybody knows the brands like Timberland, Junsport, uh, Kipling. They're all under the same umbrella. Nobody knows it, but I, 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 I invested in that company. Been holding it for 18 years. It's wow. Yeah, I so it's performed quite well then. Yes, it has actually. It, it's uh, the price is up 17-fold, and the dividend is up 600%. So it's it's really like a, like buying a house for. 100 grand it's now 1.7 million and the yep. tenant is paying you six times the rent so what i wanted to share with you is that the second my father went bankrupt then for a second time when i was 18 and that was rough because that bankruptcy was on a personal level the right. the first one was like a corporate one so he had some savings left this one drained him yeah and and then he got into business again and when i was 23 he uh went bankrupt for the third time and i think to me, it was a real blessing for three reasons. Like if I want to, you know, turn it, turn that lemons into lemonade. One, it taught me to really do my homework. Mm. And I think that has helped me a lot. And, and that's the reason why I, I launched Wealth Research Group, the newsletter, because I wanted to share uh, with people because I, I've read like hundreds and, and hundreds of books, uh, really delved into entrepreneurship. And, you know, I gave up my 20s. Yeah, I, I didn't have a, uh, you know, I, I really dove into this and, and studied it a lot. And I think the second thing is my, my father, my father's health deteriorated inc- incredibly, like two heart attacks. Um, after that the thing, third bankruptcy? Uh, after the second one, even. After the second one. Uh, the third one plunged him into like a depression. It, it just, not, not nice, right? Mm. And um, I think that really helped me to put things in perspective. Yeah. And, but I think it, all, it also taught me a lot about leverage, Craig. And you know, not to use it unless you're either a freaking genius or you know you you have careful. this. Yeah, you really want to be careful because that that is what really drove uh, the bankruptcies. Leverage. Yeah. A very smart man. Like every merchant in the same business, say you know you, you would look at him and say that's the smartest guy in the room. That's the smart. But but leverage, leverage, and at the wrong times. Yeah. So you know just. A little bit about me and uh, that's pretty cool. Like that's that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, so we're the same age. We 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 both started at sixteen. Uh, and the audience knows my story. I, I was doing chocolate coated snakes. Invested my first. You know, I started having businesses at about six. Um, didn't know it was business back then. Just I knew <laughs> stuff, so I sold stuff. Right. Um, made it, sold it. But more so importantly, I mean, you said that over the last eighteen years, this investment you made, your first investment, did seventeen times growth with the six hundred percent dividend yield increase um now you entered into it's crypto. called vf corp uh, vf vf corp yeah vf corp uh, if, if people want to check it out uh, just you know for themselves but uh, i don't think it's a bargain right now no um, no nothing's a bargain right now in the traditional market world well not nothing but not a lot yes um, because um, you know you you sort you took 18 years to get your, your 17 times growth right then you mm-hmm. went ahead in what 2016 march when you wrote a report on ethereum at 12 dollars. Tell, tell us about that because obviously you got a lot more than uh 2017 times out of that right yeah it was it was march of 2017 um, now in 2016, so just a, sorry, year, yeah. Yeah, a year and a half ago. 
So I learned about Bitcoin when it was five dollars, and I didn't I didn't pursue it. And a few months later, I, I heard about it again. It was nine dollars, but but just heard like heard hey, there's a thing called Bitcoin. It's, it's up by you know just talking at, at, a, at a parking lot, so not, yeah. not not like a, a business meeting or something. But then I was skiing in uh, Colorado, and I hear these three people in the lobby of the hotel I'm in talking about digital gold. And and, and at that point, I, I was a gold investor in 2013, uh, invested in um, in mining stocks after the uh, um, the Great Recession. So I, I had a nice idea of why people buy gold and why it's important right now in, in our day and age to have some sort of a protective portfolio as well, a chaos hedge, I yep. call it. They they talk about digital gold, very young uh, guys as well. So I, I, I go to the bar, I buy three beers, and, and I sit down and say, look, I've been buying gold for years. Can you show me what digital gold, what, what do you mean by that? And they show me Bitcoin, it's at 19. So I, I tell them, I already know Bitcoin, I didn't know it was 19, but show me. So they show 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 me whatever you can show a guy for the first glance, like for three hours, and I, I buy into it, and a month later, it was 119. Like wow. the the timing couldn't be could have been better, yeah. but and obviously you know in, in in stocks when you have nineteen going to one hundred nineteen you're out so that that's obviously what I did. Yep. And then with wealth research group I covered it again when it was four hundred so that was really early twenty seventeen and then I learned about Ethereum right after that going to conferences etc and it was twelve dollars like you said we covered it in the newsletter so the newsletter is very you know it's it's. Uh, big picture, but it's also I I cover stuff. So if if I yeah. really like something, you'll you'll put your you'll put your thoughts in there. Yes, exactly. And um, that Ethereum went from twelve dollars to uh, like over a thousand. So uh, people had a chance to make I mean, a lot of money if they if they took the advice. So, so, so yeah. this wealth research group, you've been doing it for a few years now. I mean, uh, the the growth of I mean, obviously off the back of some phenomenal calls, Ethereum being one of them. Do you find that it's mostly crypto people, or you know, if you you know, if you've got, I don't know, let's say, pull around the number out of thin air, so it's easier to break down. If you've got a hundred thousand on your list, would you say eighty thousand would be crypto, or I mean, what sort of a mix have you got as far as people participating that are there for certain things, or is there lots of different? I notice there's lots of different newsletters, but are they all separate databases? I mean, what's no, where's the growth coming from? Is what I'm trying to work out. Yeah, uh, um, it's it's one it's one database and it's one um, newsletter. It's one yep. flagship newsletter. We cover many things. Ah, uh, so they're different. I got it. I got it. I got it. Within them, there are crypto uh, currency people. What happened um, with us is in in um, the the third quarter of 2017, we covered the first ever blockchain miner to go public, and it went up 900 percent in um, six weeks. Yeah, September. that was the mad period. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and and what happened was we released a full link micro documentary on this, and uh, another uh, channel picked it up, and uh, it, it went to like four hundred thousand views on wow. YouTube, and it it it, um, it helped to uh, drive a lot of people into uh, our specific newsletter that, that talks about cryptocurrencies and, and blockchain technology, etc. Um, but in 2018, we, we have not covered any cryptocurrency. And the reason is because what happened to me in, in, in January of 2018 is my partner called me and he said, look, our maid just asked me to open a, a trading account for her so she can trade crypto. I think this is like we're approaching a, a problematic area here. Uh, and I heard about this thing before. It's called the mother indicator. It's when your mother wants to start investing. Yep. So. 
Um, well, it used, to, it used to be the shoe shiner on Wall Street, didn't it, back in the Jesse Livermore days? Was, yeah, exactly. Was the shoe shiner's talking to you more about stocks and shares, and you know that's time to get out. Or the taxi driver, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, no matter how you hear about the story, when when you hear something like that, it's it's kind of weird, right? Because uh, it, it doesn't, it, it's not something natural. Uh, I, I don't mean everybody. that. I don't mean that in, in a negative way. No, you know? I know what you mean. I know but you mean. but I mean that in in, in it, it was madness. So, yeah. and judging from 2013 when I got in and I saw that uh, on four occasions, uh, four occasions, uh, Bitcoin went down 85 to 95 percent. I I said, okay, if this is going to happen again, the price will hit like three four uh, three four thousand uh, dollars per coin. So. There, there's literally this is the time to either stop buying or better yet if exit you, yeah exit so we haven't covered any new coins in 2018 i am getting very bullish right now because it is 85 to 95 percent down but i'm not buying yet because i think it's it's uh um it's important to see what happens in june 24th when buck goes um and starts uh being live and we'll see the platform and if uh, we're going to see a lot of um, crypto people, cryptocurrency institutional uh, investors come in and brokerage firms, etc. Then it will not be the end of cryptocurrency. But if, if they don't, it's going to be a very, um, it might be even a, an identity issue. We will need to see what happens with cryptocurrencies um, in general because it's it's you know you, you have to educate yourself really absolutely well that's what we do i mean it's, it's a whole point of what we are speaking with people like you and, and trying to help people into it i mean from my point of view as a trader it's a volatile asset class so i love it you know i, I can go long i can yeah. go short now too uh which sure. basically opens it up to me in all sorts of ways. i am also an investor in this space but i'm also looking like blockchain's fascinating it's another arm of business that um that can help a lot of businesses to cut some costs uh to be more maybe not more efficient in some of the applications because a decentralized blockchain is slower because it's not a decentralized area, right? Uh, that <clears throat> may change, but it is something that is trustless. I, I don't think blockchain technology is going to go anywhere. And it's up to people like us and the, the listeners and viewers to decide what they think is going to be a good application that's going to have longevity. Um, and you're right. Education is so, so important. I, I see people out there trading and doing all sorts of things where you just go, unfortunately, that's just, that's not going to serve you well long-term. You know, it, it just isn't. Everyone was, you know, a genius last year in the bull run. Well, even a turkey can fly in a hurricane, right? So it's, it's about <laughs> having that, that deep understanding. And a lot of people have forgotten to invest in themselves. Um, they've just been chasing the get rich quick. And there's been a massive reality check this year. Um, and I think that's good. As long as people take it as an education as opposed to um, a capitulation. Uh, you know, if they throw all their toys out of the pram, they're missing out on one of life's most important lessons. And I hope that people understand that because it's from your losses you learn your most. Would you agree? Sure. Um, yeah. It, it, I think... Um I, I wrote a report for your show because I've, I've listened to previous shows. I know you have a very sophisticated audience. I wrote 11 uh, unique bear market strategies that people can access. If they go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash bear, yep. they can download 11 unique strategies. And I think what you're talking about um, is exactly that. Uh, if you learn how to work through bear markets, then you really have a chance to succeed in, in bull markets. But um, if you if you really do not trade or invest uh, 
through bear markets, not with cryptos, but but with in general, um, yeah. in general, you're gonna have you're losing on a lot. And I'll, let me explain why. People are very fearful of bear markets, but uh, traditionally, if uh, in the last a hundred years, if you go back uh, even to to 1918, when when I first saw the stats, the um, the dividend component component of investing has been um, responsible for about 40% of the gains historically for investors. In other words, when you buy a uh, when you buy into a business, when you buy when you become a shareholder, now you own a business, and that business does not pay out a dividend. It does not mean it's a bad business, but it means it it is relying on the fact that management believes that they can do better work with the money, with the profits, uh, than um, than you can. And they can grow it better than you can. Uh, That's what uh, Berkshire Hathaway is all about, for example. um, There are companies that don't pay a dividend because they don't make a profit. And when you invest in those companies, you're actually speculating because uh, a speculation is basically uh, an investment into a business or a company or an asset where you, you can't predict the rate of return. Yep. Whereas investing is uh, with a predictable rate, it doesn't mean it's going to be exactly what you think. But long term, you can uh, you can predict uh, the the rate of return. Uh, well, the interesting more... thing on that is sorry is, is uh, just yeah. jumping with that to sort of back you up on that. The the it depends on what the investor is looking for too, right? I mean, if 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 they're a retiree and they need a yield, and they're going to want to have the dividend, so they're they're more passive investors. They don't, they don't need to see it grow in value. They're after an income. If you're speculating on growing a portfolio, you want to make sure that, that you're, you're putting it in places where they can actually see growth. And one of the things that I always found fascinating was the general um, public's lack of understanding for what a dividend was. Um, they would look at it and go, well, I still get my 7% on this stock. And you go, yeah, but that 7% is at a discount of 30% against the share price because the share price has fallen 30% from what you bought it for. Oh, yeah, but I still get 7%. It's like, yeah, but you, 7, 7% on a 30%, like you don't, you don't quite understand what the dividend's actually from and what it means and what your investment is. Just because you get a dividend, you get a check of 500 bucks at the end of the quarter or whatever it may be, it doesn't, it doesn't equate to a positive outcome. You know, if, if that's the, your financial level of intelligence, God, Good luck. So, you know what I mean? Like, people just don't understand it that well. I, I think, um, you know, with every profession, even if you want to be a, a, a teller at a bank, you need to go through like four months of, of a course or yeah. training and they, they take you through everything. And when you want to open a, a Fidelity account, you can do it in, in two days of signing documents. You're, you're there. You're an investor, right? Yep. It, it, there are many professions that have uh, created billionaires say real estate, for example, which created 76% of America's uh, millionaires and billionaires thus far, like three quarters of of America's rich people come from construction and housing, but it's not a profession, right? Uh, In in terms of, it's not an academic profession. Uh, People don't don't grow up and say, okay, I want to be a real estate developer. I need to go to college to do this. So, and I think the same thing happens with uh, several, um, uh, several professions that don't have a traditional um, path to becoming an investor, a real estate developer, yeah. uh, a, a network passion, marketer, for yeah. example. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people that that, have, that become millionaires from network marketing. Um, and man, I've, I I looked at that industry. There's no proper training. You tr- you get trained by basically someone who 
put you into the business, yep. for example. So uh, I think that is something that happens with investments. And luckily for me, really luckily for me, I, I, because uh, I was 16 and, and also I had a lot of time. I, I used to, in school, you know, I come in at 8.30 and I put the investment book inside the, uh, the history book. So I'm reading about uh, stocks when she's teaching about the, uh, uh, the pyramids. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, so I had time and, and it's time is obviously an, an insanely important resource. And also, yeah. you know, you had your parents covering most of the living expenses. So you're not even worried about that. Uh, so you are saving yeah. is what I'm saying. Even if you're working, you're not uh, diluting the, the savings. Yeah. The, the Western world has become very, very hard um, for, for just, being a, a wage earner, it, it's just very, um, it, it's, it's, it's very hard. And if you don't compensate for that with proper investing, then you really are going to race in circles for many, many years. In fact, I don't know if you're ever going to get out of it. Mm. Um, whereas I've, I've read personally about uh, janitors and people that are low income people that have invested in, in companies throughout their lives. And when, when they uh, come to their sixties, some of them have, you know, they're a tie broke. No, I'm, I'm well, well, sorry. The other side. So the other yes. side is you work all your life and you're a tire broke. The other side. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and, but what I'm talking about is, is people that actually like a janitor. Yeah. Who, they invest who, and keep. Yes. And not, and only that, Craig, uh, they invest like in, in, you know, uh, the janitor at UPS, famous story invested in, in UPS shares. And, you know, he retired with $7 million. Mm. So it's, it's, and, and what he did was not only did he, um, did he hold for the long term and uh, stay on his dividend and just get his dividends, he went a step further. So if you really want the dividends, yes, if you reinvest the dividends, uh, what's called compounding is it's just amazing because it doesn't happen with real estate, for example, unless you buy on leverage. Yeah. So. Uh, it, when you buy a house, let's say for cash, a hundred, a hundred grand, the tenant pays a thousand bucks. You can't take that thousand bucks and 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 buy more of that same house with it. But if you can buy another house with it, yeah. you're using the tenant's money to get rich, yep, uh, or to get richer. Yep. And with 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 investments, you can in stocks, you can do the same thing. When you get the quarterly dividend, um, you can reinvest that dividend into buying more shares. Just now, that way, you simply own more shares of the company, which means your dividend actually increases the next time because the dividend is just your just your proper distribution of the profits. Now, with this company specifically that I told you about, um, uh, that I invested in, they are actually a dividend aristocrat, which is a part of 52 companies that actually grow their dividends every year without fail for over 25 consecutive years. There are only 52 companies that have been able to wow. do that. And it means a lot about the company. They can grow through anything, anything any financial environment. The Fed raises rates, lowers rates, uh, the Great Recession of uh, 2008, et cetera, and, and they're able to grow. And that shows a lot about the underlying business. Um, if you go to the Wealth Research site, if you look at the top menu, there's, there's a special reports tab. And that's like a gloss, uh, uh, an aggregate library of, of reports that I've accumulated over the years that yep. get, uh, readers can uh, or listeners can have a like the archives. Yeah, and, and but on the side of it, on the left side, you'll see it's where it says uh, wealth stocks, and that's um, uh, I, I wrote like six reports on, on companies that are within this dividend aristocrat group. 
So you can take a look at what sort of companies they are. Um, I'm personally, uh, right now, as we're doing this, obviously the, the markets are, are uh, going through a, a, a very time. Yeah, a turbulent time. But, but on the flip side, if you were uh, already ready to buy some companies, but they were too expensive, this is a great time to look into those companies again because uh, their price has gone down while their dividend, nothing has happened to it or it even increased. Um, and the underlying business, nothing has happened to it. Yeah. Uh, there are many companies, you know, Intel doesn't sell, doesn't uh, go into less computers in the last three weeks because of what's going on. I'm not saying buy Intel, but I'm just, I'm yeah. giving you an idea that people, you know, wake up in the morning, they go and buy uh, uh, toilet paper from Kimberly Clark. Kimberly Clark's uh, uh, still getting but this Yes, exactly. Up. Yep. So uh, opportunity, opportunity is around right now in, in, in many, in many markets at the moment. It's, I, it's well, Buffett says it, you know, be fearful when people are greedy and be greedy when people are fearful. And at the moment, uh, I'm not suggesting that we found the bottom in any market right now. I don't typically pick bottoms. If we've got a good, strong trend, I can definitely call areas of retracement that I believe in. Um, but at the moment, especially in crypto markets right now, there is no, there's nothing there really to talk about beyond the fact that we're, in a strong downtrend and that's you know there is some signs but until we see some you know bigger signs i'm i'm very very careful as to what's going on in that space as well so leo mate, look where would people find out more tell, tell us how they can get more access to what you do mate um best thing is to go to to wealthresearchgroup.com the main uh homepage you'll see uh where you can sign up for the newsletter uh, uh that's where i release the uh the highest priority, top quality information. Um, it doesn't even go on the website, so it's it's just straight unique. Straight to the newsletter. Yeah, it's straight to the newsletter. If if you're looking to even get more information, uh, like more data and PDF reports and everything we do, go to the special reports tab and you can download any of them. Uh, when I started Wealth Research three years ago, it was just my way of transmitting what I am doing personally and what I am uh, analyzing and researching, what I feel about the markets to the reader. And it, 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 the reason is for the same reason you're doing it. It's for education and sharing a passion for, um, for, for educating the because it's, it's just so rotten. The yeah, other, I know the, the the current system is not really uh, working for our age group either, and the younger generation as well are getting tired of it. So there's new opportunities, new people to teach them, and we've got to play our part. We've been there for a long time for our age. Um, we have a lot more experience than most people that are our, at our age, but we've got experience with our own money. That's the thing. It's it's not playing with you know. I'm not sitting at a trading desk for Goldman or. For fidelity or for anyone else for that matter it's, it's been my money it's been me doing it it's been me taking those lessons on board and i can't think of anything like for me it's difficult to to take people's money on to trade I, I prefer to not do that at all um because you know there are drawdowns there are periods where you have to go through times and uh, i'm cool with that because we've been through it a lot of time so mate, people should definitely jump on that um the, your reports and uh, and get going on that and find you out know, what there's, there is to find out just to let you know another thing, because you touched on a very important point, uh, uh, if we have another 30 seconds or so, yeah. in, in Wall Street and, and just in general, institutional um, hedge funds and, and everyone else that manages your money, it's very hard for them to tell clients that they're sitting on cash. And so usually um, yeah. with, with um, funds, they have about 5% investing in cash or 10% at the most. 
um, invested in cash. But as an individual, uh, you know, usually I sit on about 20 to 25% of the portfolio in cash. So that's four times more than what the industry's um, uh, norm or standard is. But We're if much you look more at, versatile, hey? Yeah, I, 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 because we don't have to answer to clients that are saying, hey, what are you doing with my money? What are you doing with yep. my money, uh, et cetera? Because I think cash is a position. Mm. When when uh, the S&P 500 goes down 15% in a month and a half and your cash uh, did, let's say, minus 0.7 because of uh, inflation. You're up. You're Not only are you up, but you're able to exploit yep. 50% of that. So uh, cash is an important position. And you can just look at Warren Buffett, who's, who t- who's telling you, he's guiding you, he's telling you, I'll never hold less than $25 billion in cash at, at Berkshire. They have a, over a hundred billion right now in cash, wow. and over a hundred billion, which is, uh, if you look at the market cap, that's an, an enormous amount yep. of cash. Um, and this is just to tell also uh, the, the listeners: there's a lot of cash on the sidelines with very smart people, mm. and uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, an eighty to ninety percent drop in, in the general markets. Just remember that we're not at a liquidity event like we had in 2008. There's right. so much cash out there, but they're just not buying because uh, they they're don't waiting for to. a better price. <laughs> yes, they are. And they're waiting for a better price. But, you know, people are expecting something like we had in 2008. That was forced liquidation. People had to sell because of margin calls. Uh, there's a lot of margin uh, right now, but definitely not what we had in 2008. So, don't wait for uh, a 70 to 80% drop because it may never happen mm. uh, in, in our lifetimes. Who knows, right? It, it, it's just not uh, that normal. 2008 was very abnormal. Yep. And you really need to – and crypto has made people think that, hey, 80% drops are, are, you know, are you know, an, an everyday occurrence. So just remember that because uh, to, to find something that's 20% off um, or 30% off or 50% off, that is an, an amazing um, uh, scenario. It doesn't mean it's a buying opportunity. But no, it means that's you right. Take a it's, closer look. You have to have a close look because what, what you don't want to do is people say, oh, well, the one that's fallen the most can go back up the most. That's the crypto brain in people saying that. It's, it's yeah. not true at all. There's a reason companies fail. Um, sure. Leo, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, mate. I really appreciate your time. I look forward to being on your show coming up. Exactly. And, uh, don't forget to go to wealthresearchgroup.com, Leanne Gantz. It's been an absolute pleasure. The founder and editor of Wealth Research Group. I had the words around the wrong way. Thank you so much for your time. I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters.